Good day, everybody. My name is Penelope Skuman, and I'm meeting with Estelle Koch today. She is an intuitive soul coach and spiritual teacher. We will be discussing general questions that come up quite regularly from people interested in spirituality. Nice to have you here today, Estelle. Thank you, Penny, for having me, and I look forward to chatting to you about all these things which people are asking about. Wonderful. Well, I want to start off with a general question where people want to know what is the difference between spirituality and religion? How would you define that? Well, to start off with, I would say that spirituality is a much wider term than religion, where spirituality embraces all aspects of living with that which you consider your deity or your God force, whatever it is that you believe in. And a person who is living spiritually or living in a spiritual way is someone who would dedicate their entire life towards living in alignment with his soul. When we look at religion, religion is much more organized, it is much more disciplined, and it is according to specific guidelines set down by the elders and the teachers of that religion. So in general, people think when you talk about spirituality that you dance naked in the moonlight or roll in the grass and go hug a tree and become vegan. Is that part of the whole spirituality and the road to spirituality? It certainly would make it a lot (laughs) more appealing to some people and probably a little less appealing to others and maybe even, yes, it could put a sparkle in some people's eyes, The truth is, however, that no, that none of that is anything that should or could be written down to spirituality. Every single person will live their spirituality in a different way, according to their own value systems and according to their own relationship with what they consider to be spirit. Spirit or living hand in hand with spirit, if we use that as a wider term, and we say, first of all, what does spirituality encompass? What does it stand for? It would be anybody who lives and practices their faith through whichever method they choose to. But living spiritually is living in grace. It is living with gratitude. It is knowing and understanding For them, whichever that understanding may be, of a higher guiding principle. And that principle is what, how could I put this? It would be what inspires them to live a life in alignment with their soul. They could count on Jesus. It could be Buddha. It could be angels. It could be guides in in the line of the spiritual mediums who often work with ancestors or specific guides. Um, 
It could be any form of religion or deity or guidance that they choose to live by. But this underpins their entire living. They live with gratitude. So whatever it is or whoever it is that they pray to, when they are eating, for instance, when they receive gifts, when they receive their daily bread, their monthly salary, no matter what comes to them, they accept and live that in gratitude to whichever deity it is that they would either worship or or honor as their source, their source of their spiritual being. Source probably being a better word because we go to our source for sustenance, for support, for love, for whatever it is. So let us say that, to put it quite simply, your spiritual living is living hand in hand with that which you consider the source of your of grace and of that which you have come to experience in this life. So how would you do that? Do you need to be vegan? Do you need to do anything? You need to do that which at core level resonates with your higher consciousness. And all of us knows on some level what is right for us and what does not feel right. Um, many people will take that and put that in the context of their religion. So if their religion tells them that they should not eat garlic or brinjal or onions because that interferes with meditation, that is acceptable that they choose not to do that. If people have any religious or conscientious um, beliefs about eating meat, that is entirely their own and that should be embraced and accepted by them. The big issue today is not whether we have these beliefs and these behaviors. The big issue has become our judgment of others who live their spirituality in a way that we believe it should be done. And we do not respect other people's way of doing it. Your question in terms of dancing naked under a tree, as I said, it depends on the season. And fire season could make it more interesting in the rural <laughs> areas. But every group, every person should be able to live their religion the way they choose to. And if that includes doing circle um, ceremonies under a tree, then let that be so. There's a lot of talk about how religion is dying out, how in many instances churches are being sold for, for, for buildings, for office buildings and things, because the numbers in congregations have become so much less. It is my personal belief that if there was more room for spiritual living, true living according to what your soul really wants and worshipping accordingly rather than within the very strict rules and confinements and judgments of religion, religion would once again flourish. Because that is a big deal in religion where there seems to be a lot of judgment involved especially towards other religions, 
and what they believe and how they practice their religion. This is true, but it is also true that those of us who choose to live spiritually and then condemn religion for who and what they are fall into the exact same trap. That's a very good point. Very good point. So I've got a specific question here from a young lady saying that she's able to see people or animals that have passed on. And she wants to know, because she can't speak to anybody about it, um, because it goes against the religion practiced by her family, by her friends. How would you assist someone in this kind of situation to understand why this is happening and how they can deal with this kind of experience? Well, once again, a multi-layered and loaded question. So let us start firstly with the concept of religion and the contradictions and, and problems there. It is imperative that we understand that the gift of sight um, or hearing or feeling, which is clairvoyance, if it is a gift of sight, clairaudience in the case where people hear voices, um, clairsentient where it's a feeling within their body. This is a gift. It is something which is a God-given experience. It is not something that you cultivate. It is something that is there. It has always been. It has not been spoken about much. But due to various changes um, in the universal energies, and that's a topic for a completely different day, um, it is becoming more and more uh, common for people to be able to say this. And especially we find this amongst the younger generation who seem to be so much more open to receiving these messages. When we refer to the Old Testament, we will find very often that this kind of phenomena was spoken about at that time. It was only after the New Testament was written that this became something that was frowned upon. Having said that, there is absolutely no reason why a religious person cannot have these experiences. There is no reason why somebody who goes to the church, who prays, who worships, cannot have this. In fact, there are some religions which frowns upon clairvoyance, clairaudience, and yet within their religion they have what they call prophets. And the prophets do exactly that, but because it is within the confines of the church, that is acceptable. So it is imperative that we understand that being clairvoyant, clairaudient, or having these experiences and being religious and practicing religious is by no means exclusive to one another. Any person, whether you are religious or not, whether you are spiritually minded or not, can have these experiences. It is imperative that we understand that people who can see guides, who can see ancestors, who can see animals, are not necessarily religious. They are not necessarily spiritual. They could just be normal people. They could just be normal people who are having these experiences. These experiences, however, does 
tend to make people question the spiritual and religious aspects of their lives. So in some instances, these experiences will flow as a natural progression of a spiritual life, which is assisted very often by meditation. But it is not the meditation that causes them to be able to see that, and this is important to know, but practicing meditation will facilitate that. But living a spiritually grounded and centered life could help a person experience these visions or the voices or the feelings, or not. On the other hand, people may experience this without any spiritual or religious context, but because of that, that may start a religious or spiritual search for them. It is very difficult, in my opinion and in my experience, to speak to people who have a strong opinion about this. And especially for younger people who can be judged by people who do not understand this phenomena. So I would always recommend that someone in that position who experiences this and does not understand it seek assistance um, from people who are like-minded. Um, and that's not always easy. But to ask around and and see if you can find an elderly person or an older person. Let me say an older mm. person. Somebody who's had a bit more life experience that you that you resonate with. And every family has got that one person. Um, and in my instance, it would be the one in the family with a, the aunt in the family with the purple hair that m- the majority frowns upon. <laughs> um, but, you know, you get quite accustomed to being frowned upon. Pick up the phone and phone that person and tell them. I had an experience very recently where I phoned my aunt. She's not somebody I know. She's a cousin of my mother, a distant cousin in my personal opinion. But as a very young girl, I remember my family speaking about her um, as if she was something that had fallen off a very fast-moving bus because of her beliefs about certain things, and everybody else thought she was mad. But in my mind, at the age of 15, I was going, I can't be completely mad if there's somebody else like that in my family. So 45 years later, I phoned her a week ago to say thank you for being true to who you are, because you gave me the courage through all the years of not being accepted to be who I am today and to embrace that because I knew that there was somebody else in my family who was prepared to stand up for that and I've never spoken to you about it but you need to understand that that was the role you had in my life. I was fortunate in the sense that I encountered people who could, who I could ask the questions of both in the church in which I grew up. I grew up in a very um, strict Dutch reformed environment but I was very blessed with some of the ministers that we that we had who were able to talk to me and understand where I was coming from, and then other people subsequently in my life. But keep your eyes and ears open. You will find the person. And if you don't, just look around and ask the questions. The thing at the moment is that so many of the young people think that this is unique to them. 
yet the person sitting in the chair next to them is going through exactly the same experience. But because we have been taught, and because to, to this day it is frowned upon, many people think that they're isolated. Mm. But seek that help. Look around, but be very, very careful what kind of questions you are asking and what answers are coming back. How do you know what to trust? How do you know if you ask a question and you get an answer to it, whether that is the truth? That is the trick question. But I want to say that we all have a built-in radar. We all have a sense that says this is right or this is wrong. But the more we grow, the more we learn to be comfortable with our inner guidance and with our spiritual guidance and that could come through meditation it could come through prayer my my recommendation always is find a spiritual practice that will work for you whether you go to a church where you are, are praying whether you're just using meditation as a form of communication with spirit or whether you belong to a group of people where you can find that you can speak to people, you will find that your core, your inner being, will say this is right or it is not. It will also show you when you speak to someone, there will be a sense of peace of mind and a sense of resonance, what Oprah would call an aha moment, um, that would give you a feeling within yourself that this is this feels good. So that's basically working on your gut feel. That is As people what, would call it. That is exactly it. Okay. That is exactly it. The problem is, um, it, somebody said recently that the Dalai Lama said, the problem with the world at the moment is that we're, that things were made to be used and people were to be loved. But the world where we are now, people are being used and things are being loved. And we've become so materialistic in our way of living that all our actions are directed outside of ourselves. For me, um, the word ego stands for edging God out. The bigger the ego, the further the place from spirit and source. I would always say when you are speaking to a teacher, get a sense from that person whether they are teaching you from a place of this is who I am, well, this is what spirit is all about. Be careful for the trappings of spirit and what appears to, uh, as spirit, but in the disguise of the ego. Hmm, interesting. So then people that see these images or have these feelings or, or hear these voices, how can you manage that? Or, or do they actually just happen? And if they do happen to you whilst you're in a conversation with someone, how do you how do you deal with it? Do you tell the person that you're with that you are hearing these voices and that it might be a message for them or that you're seeing these images? How do you deal with that? That is a very important question because um, there are many, many people who are currently finding themselves communicating with spirit a lot more than in the past. 
Um, and um, yeah, there are television programs that indicate people who will just go up to somebody in a shop and tell them they've got a message for them that makes it look quite interesting and it makes it look like fun. The truth is we cannot do that. First and foremost, if you are constantly getting messages like that, you are being bombarded with information. And whoever is giving this information, it may be a guide, for instance, they're probably as excited to be communicating with you as you are to be communicating with, with them. My guides have clearly indicated to me that this work that we do is a working partnership. And they can and will not bring me information of somebody unless that person has given me permission to work with their information. So does that mean that I never get information about strangers or anything? No, that would not be true. It has happened on occasion that I would be in a restaurant or somebody and I see someone and I keep getting a message. In that instance, I would go to the person and say, this is the work that I do. Um, and I have been getting a message for you. Would you object to me sharing this information? So basically you? getting permission from getting them. Getting permission from them. If they give it, I will then give them the permission. And I've had people come back and say, thank you very much. Um, you do not understand how important that message was. But then I have not sat down and done a reading. I've just given them the message. In one instance, I went to a lady, I was told to tell somebody that what she fears most will not happen and all will be well. And afterwards, her son came to me and said, thank you very much for that message. My mother had just been diagnosed with cancer this morning. And that just was so important mm, to her. That's amazing. But that happens on the odd occasion. I have no right to walk into a place and start giving people information in the first instance. In the second instance, if I was that open to receiving messages from other people and for other people, I would go insane. Mm. You know, it is not our business to be getting this information. Also, the information does not come from us. It comes through us with the result that you may give somebody information that they do not resonate with at all because at that moment in time, it may not be important to them. And that could cause tremendous discomfort and unhappiness for people. So it's important that when you start experiencing this kind of thing, that you stop and you say to whoever is showing themselves that you cannot do this. Or my feeling would be, my recommendation, not my feeling, my recommendation would be stand in your faith. Find where your faith lies. Find who and what your source is. If it is God, if it is an angel, if it is Jesus, it does not matter Call on them and ask them to help you to manage this gift. If you choose not to work with it, you may say so. But it, that's a very difficult mm. one because it's a window that once it's been opened, it's very difficult to close. And at some point, it will be opened mm. again. But if you ask your source, that which is at the core of your being, to guide you, and assist you 
and ensure that this this experience comes to you in a way that is for the highest good, not only of yourself, but everybody else concerned, believe me, it will be done. Be very careful, however, not to fall into a trap of feeling powerful because you think you have information to give. It's the quickest and the easiest way to experience burnout. Wow. So you use that. It's a little bit difficult, however, when you are one of the younger children, the younger generation, um, also known as the indigos. But for me, I just like to refer to them as the light beings because it is true that, and this is yet again another topic, it is true that there are many spirits at the moment who are wanting to find their way home who see these beautiful young people as light beings and who come to them for guidance, who come to them because they believe that they can help to set them free and they have no responsibility to do that. Once again, all they need to do is call on their source or the angels, whoever they choose to work with and to ask them to show these beings the way home. And if they do that... They will be serving a purpose, but they will also not be engaging. However, if it is something that is very uncomfortable for them, and many of them find that it's difficult for them to go to sleep at night, I always recommend burning a a light with a blue globe or a pink globe in their rooms, which is soft, it's healing, and it certainly does help for them to not be as sensitive. Oh, that's interesting. That's that's a nice tidbit for the people out there. So then why does modern spiritualism seem more focused on the individual than God? Because you've been talking a lot about the source and God. But it seems that they're moving, or spiritualism, or a lot of people practicing spiritualism, is moving away from it and moving more internally, if I can call it that. I want to just come back there for a moment. Spiritualism is something which is often referred to as people who practice spiritualism in the spiritual church, which is people who visit the spiritual church, um, which has a very beautiful base to it, but a very strong focus of these is to receive messages through mediums, who work in these churches and who who, are, who act as mediums for ancestors, people who have gone before. Oh. So spiritualism is seen as that. Spirituality is a very different thing. Spirituality, um, again, underpins spiritualism, but it's slightly different. So why the focus on the individual? Because at the end of the day, the individual will answer for their life. You and I have learned to accept all the masks, have learned to accept the burdens, have learned to accept the belief systems and the restrictions placed upon us by our religion, by our society, by, by our tribal groups, um, Beliefs like it is not acceptable to see dead people or to 
even understand that there is a possibility of reincarnation. Um, the belief that when we die, that is the end of it, and the fear that goes hand in hand with that. Um, the belief that you have to be married at a certain stage, otherwise you're over the hill. There are so many fears. Then there are all the masks and all the baggage we've taken on in our families where the one child is treated differently than the other. Maybe not, but according to that child's belief system. So everybody walks around with all these burdens and baggages that weighs them down. If we start living spiritually and embracing spirituality, what we are wanting to do is move towards our core, towards our soul purpose, towards that which brought us here. And quite frustratingly, when people say to me, what is my purpose? I was just going to ask that. What is my purpose on this earth? And I say to the guides, what is the purpose? They will always come back and say, it is to live your joy. Your purpose in this life is to live your joy. Because if you do, you inspire others. And inspire means in spirit. It means to live in spirit. And if you live with joy, with inspiration, with an inner light, if your inner light is lit and seen, you cannot but uplift others. You cannot but um, bring joy, bring guidance, bring joy de vivre to, to the people around you. So the purpose for each one of us is to find our joy. And the work, the spiritual, the, 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 the focus on spiritual growing, on, on personal growing, on personal empowerment is not about ego. It's not about being better than the other person, but it's about giving yourself permission. That is what the word forgiveness is. It is forgiving yourself permission to be the best you that you can possibly be. To live and be the divine being that you came to this world to be. Wow, that's huge. That's amazing. Estelle, thank you so much for all of the information. We will be doing a few more po uh, podcasts, and I hope you guys will be joining us for a few more, more specific questions. Um, and feel free, if there are any questions, give us a shout and we will cover them. Thank you. Thank you, Estelle. Thank you.